So this is a recording of Sayadaw checking Group A for the fourth time at the Insight Meditation Society on Tuesday, May 8, 2012. And Please be mindful and aware of speaking and listening. Nobody wants to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, First of all, I want to say how grateful I am. Um, I think this practice, maybe I'm delusional, but I imagine that it's going to be very, very useful um, out, out in my normal life. I really appreciated the walking and not so walking. And I very much appreciated all of the teachers and humor. Mm-hmm. However, my question is: um, uh, first report is that I've I feel as if I've really gotten to know aversion, attachment, greed, um, and I and I. I almost was going to say I love. I really uh, like that I can see that as the next mind coming up. Uh, however, when moha shows up, uh, everything flies out the, the, the door. I'm in the, the, the Brea tar pits of um, just suffocating. And um, I can't get any space to see it. Um, and generally it's happened at night. And I think it's a habit that comes with torpor. Um, so, is it skillful? If I can get away at all, I go, oh, I just need to go to sleep. Or is that aversion? <laughs> and, and one of the other things I've been doing that I've enjoyed with the practice so much, the freeing of it, is either reading. Obviously, I didn't bring a lot of novels, so I didn't bring a book. Um, uh, or walking. At night. At night. Well, to the ที่อาทมโหตุมะติโลมหะละขึ้นขึ้นเนี่ยมาอีมาตุโจชิมะลุขึ้นเนี่ยเนี่ยนะบรอดอาซีเนี่ยอ่ะพี่ๆมาชา
it's moha that makes it unclear. So he says you need the asking of question is like bringing in your own wisdom. So it's like, what shall I do? What would be most beneficial for the practice now? And he says, if it's really just tiredness and you need to sleep at the end of the day, yeah, he says, after thinking about it clearly, and it's, let's sleep. He won't listen. Rather than just sit there and be sleepy or struggle. Yeah, it's a young dog. It is night, time to sleep. Maybe just go to sleep. After all, we've been practicing the whole day, that's enough. Now I just need the clarity to ask myself that question. He says, we, we need to develop this habit of asking ourselves so that we sort of access our own wisdom. You know, he says that's why he's given this as, as little a timetable as possible so that we need to ask ourselves a lot, what do we do next? Yeah. Mm. He says when he was at home and trying to practice, he says he thought about the practice a lot as in how to practice and he, um, he says if he thought of some way to do it and he wasn't sure, he just tried out. He just tested out, okay, let's try He tried this way, he tried that way, and then he'd, he'd learn from it, he'd figure out which works when and stuff like that. And, and yeah, he wasn't afraid to get it wrong. Yeah. He says when we can't decide something, it's because we don't have information about it, enough information about what we're trying, about the decision we're trying to make. He says, so if we don't have enough information, then we should go ahead and take those the, the paths that, like, the that, yeah, take, go ahead and take those paths that, that we are trying to choose from, you know, mindfully, go through each path and, and then we will learn which is helpful situation. <coughs> We have to use our wisdom a lot, and he says, because it's a learning process, he says we have to be, um, you know, all constantly um, learning from the experience that we experiences that we put ourselves through or that we experience or that come up to us. No, and particularly when you want to understand um, the process of cause and effect, he says it's not sufficient to think about it. He says you have to actually allow the mind to experience it mindfully, and then the, the process becomes revealed to us through, through the, what the awareness. He says, sometimes we don't have a teacher nearby. Teachers are not always available. He says, we don't have anyone um, 
maybe that can give us a, a wise <laughs> answer. Sometimes we ask someone and maybe we get a wrong answer. <laughs> it's, it's all, he's just, you know, just take it on yourself, just try things out, learn from everything. Okay. Yes, I also was having trouble, and have had trouble at, at night. Um, when I came, I, I, the first two, three times I didn't, I couldn't stay awake until 9.15. I was jet lagged and then it just set in my mind that I couldn't stay awake. Um, then I decided I really should stay awake, so um, I wrote letters to my girlfriends here and, and was able to wait for the bell in anticipation. <laughs> And then I experienced something with Steve because I got to the um, meditation hall at 9.15 and he didn't come. Nobody came and I found myself getting angry, <laughs> anxious, uh, why is it itchy? Why, why isn't he here? Why I'm here? <laughs> so, so it was interesting to see that experience uh, and last night. Uh, but I see the apprehension of going and not being able to sit, and therefore aversion to, to the experience of not being able to, to meditate and therefore not wanting to come at night, falling asleep or just the torpor. Mm -hmm. um, but I, it's changing, so okay. we'll see. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to share that with you. Yeah. Hello, not jet lag never he says you have to change your attitude. You already see what's going through the mind, the judgments it's making, the beliefs it has. And um, slowly as you understand whether it's necessary to have those beliefs or thoughts mm. or judgments, he says, then it'll slowly change. Mm. He says, um, for beginners, it's helpful to have someone um, sit with us and you know, guide us in our meditation and all, but over long-term practice, then he says, it becomes unnecessary. We need to actually maybe de, de, de condition ourselves from that need to, to have someone guide us and learn to uh, rely on, on our own internal wisdom and strength.
เมดิเทชั่นอิสซิมพลีอะแพรคติสออฟเทคคิงวอตอิสออลเรดดี้กูดอินไซด์ยอร์เซลฟ์แอนด์คัลติเวทติ้งแอนด์เมคคิงอิ
and uh, it's thoughts. I know it's thoughts. <laughs> okay, it's thoughts again. I tell my mind it's thoughts. It's only thoughts. It's objects. Uh, I have the feeling that I need surgery. I don't. He says, well, if it's not possible to sleep well, at least meditating is more beneficial than just like drifting. He says, so when you know the mind is thinking obsessively, he says, just you know the mind is thinking. He says, um, recognize that awareness and, and, and don't pay too much attention to the thoughts. Recognize the awareness. Okay, uh, this might seem a little stilted because I'm trying to keep my awareness in here more and I'm not used to that. He said then it's too much awareness. He says just speak first and then just know yourself. So speak first and then allow yourself to know uh, so first, I, I also want to express my gratitude to Saga, and because this is the last time we're meeting, and also to you, Matt, for your work here. Um, I, the report is more periods of continuous awareness, which is you know, peaceful at times and good. Um, much more awareness of greed and aversion uh, pretty continuously. Not so much awareness of delusion, harder to see. I've seen it at times. Um, so I'm not sure there's a question. I, I think um, there's an experience uh, I've been asking periodically my, what is the attitude in my mind, and um, there are times when I've been aware of, it's, it's a different kind of asking, it's not asking what's next in a useful way, like what should I be doing next, the way we were just talking about, it's more and it's not what's next in a gross way, like, oh, I'm having a craving toward lunch, like the next thing that's going to happen. It's, it's a more subtle, uh, sort of very subtle sense of restlessness. In, it kind of 
in the back of my awareness. I don't know how to describe it, but it feels like it's, um, I don't know what to do with that. I, I mean, I'm, I'm aware of it, and it's subtle. Uh, and I guess I'm asking if mm -hmm. there's any comment on that. ตัวเอ่อตะดีแซสแซตเนี่ยเอ่อเอ่อเซสแซตไหนเนี่ยตัวโลบายดอดาริเลยอะมีไอ้เมียเนี่ยเนี่ยโมหะรอเนี่ย
not the experiences that are happening, I mean the awareness. You look at your awareness and how it's going and over time you understand more about the awareness and what you need to do and what you don't need to do and so on. ที่ชาเลยนะพี่พี่น้องสงบาเมียน้องบาเลยครับอ่ะเมียเมียเอ่อพี่เสียอ่ะเมียเป็นไงเป็นเป็นบาเลยเอ่อเมียบาเมียเ
seems like it's the quality of faith. Mm. And I'm wondering if there's a connection there between. Yeah, because things are going well. To sala wa usia tu pinda lu pura usia tu perfectionist pinda lu a pinda de lu pura. To usia de kaum tu usia tu jumpa lu lu alau ti la lu senda de. Nah bro, atau buat apa? Sempian ni deh, sempian ni jari atau tu wah, sengsan ni abo. Emak tu, tu mata dah aneh ni lukan zahir ni. Tu, tu pelak sesuatu tu balai di perfectionist kita di atau muka malay belu, jodoh yang musil elu la tu, tu cini ni abo. Bawa malu tu, elu mukjoh dah mesti. Atom muna patelu pelu jopu lalu tu cina. Eror dihana sesa musila ramadi urat tuat dada ane dulu ber. O tu ojila itu tu apian atom oji dada amyai si lalu tiara. Dalam tuan nama ror tu mah dada amyai lalu makan zau ror. Abu pini pini suria tu tu macam apa ni? Tu api mau teruk ni, macam ni lah. Pini ni suria tu api musim tam musim. แต่มาอาทมัวเซมปีนี่เด้อเซมปีเดลี่ทำไมตัวเอาดิเจติสจัยลูกนี่นะมั่วจ้ะพี่เนี่ยสุดเลยอ่ะตัวอาอาพี่
experience the benefits of the practice, that is what really uh, feeds the faith because it's the, the understanding of the benefits, which is wisdom, that feeds faith. So, so that's more real faith than just borrowing. <laughs> That's why he often asks us to notice in our practice also the benefits of the practice, even as we're doing our, our normal awareness. He says, if we were not aware, what would be the difference? How much would it be different? You know? Benefit mode. Why is it different? Understanding of benefits. Yeah, so understanding the, the benefit from observing our, our, our present experience as well. Yeah. I just got one piece. Yes. Just one more piece about that. Um, um, so we take refuge in the Buddha, mm. and um, part of that to me is the knowledge of how one human being knowing the truth. The, yes, and um, and yet. It is something that, that inspires faith. I mean, that's the encouragement. It's to reflect on that, yes. and yet it's um, it's so daunting. You know, it's so removed from my own personal experience yeah. that um, it's at times a source of inspiration, and at times difficult to take inspiration from that. And yet, uh, I, I feel like there are. Um, other beings that maybe have attained things along the way that maybe are not as they haven't gone the whole route, so to speak, um, that um, could be a source of inspiration. And I, I, I don't know if that's what Sayo is referring to as borrowed faith, it's taking inspiration from those individuals, no. such as teachers, such as. Yes, um, yeah. Others, yeah. others. Um, and yet, sometimes that's kept sort of secret. If, if you know what I mean, you know, it's not. Um, sometimes it's not discussed. The thought of your oh, um, so ရဲ့ထမ်းမှာလဲဟိုမြတ်စွာဖြာဟိုလူတူလူလူတူရောက်ကဟိုဒီလိုကြိုးစားအားထုတ်ပြောဟိုအစစ်မှာဟိုနား
ตุรุษีอ่ะแลอะลูอินสปิเรชั่นยูโลยันยันไหนมั้ยบ่ดาเมอูเซ่เปียวเรอะยาสุอินดาแลคะนาลีเบ่ฮอดเบ่มาเน
um, who taught who taught this? How did I learn this? You know this practice, which has led to this peace. And then he understood how great the Buddha was to have understood it on his own and passed it to others so that he could understand the practice. Yeah. But he said that's understanding the quality of the Buddha through his wisdom and not because he read it anywhere. Thanks to, to all of you for your presence. It's um, a great team. Great team. Um, I've been investigating these last uh, several days um, the nature of awareness. And I'll try to be a little I'll try to be, be brief about what I've discovered, which is that it it has a quality, it can't be seen, it can't be tasted, it can't be touched, but, but it can be felt. And we know when it's there. And it has this quality of being like a very calm lake that's extending in all directions, both outward and inward. And so as the mind gets more and more still, it's like raindrops or pebbles being dropped into the surface of this mirror-like lake and ripples go out and they disappear. So the awareness seems to have an, a, an extraordinary receptive quality to it. Um, so that's the ground out of which I'm going to ask the question. For the last 30 years I've been I've my role has Stop. been. To be honest, to the dia quality of the songs and the dia pain, the dia, the dia net quality to push it. To a ye bieni, ye ni le ye bieni. Or to be back or be back or je pia ni le alumio the ho shi le na bro ai theo ho ye zen li le jai to a na na. So the mind shifts back and forth, sometimes very quickly, sometimes simultaneously between the pebbles or drops of objects into the into the lake. And the, and the lake itself of awareness. So for the last 30 years, my role has been um, in life to be a teacher, writer, consultant of um, international business, um, leadership, and um, of all things, managerial wisdom. I don't know if you want to translate that. Yes. Okay. So, it's in that context that I wish to ask Sayadaw, from his experience in the business world, yeah. um, there doesn't seem to be a lot of managerial wisdom by and large in most 
organizations, particularly large corporations. And I'm wondering what Sayadaw would say about working with this, these qualities of mind when it, the individuals don't have uh, the language of the Dharma or, the, or conscious practice of the Dharma, but nonetheless are clearly using and have, are developing aspects of awareness and mind that maybe don't get to the subtlety of being aware of awareness, but nonetheless are accessing, if you will, um, the, the more subtle aspects of, of, of what's going on. They may not act on it, but it's clear that they do it. You got the question? No. So the, the question because is... you say they don't have wisdom, so then I get well, they, confused about they, the rest of They it. don't have... It varies a lot. What happens is, in working with people like this, there is such a um, a lot of pain, I guess, that gets caused in both within their organizations and in the world at large. And so I, I'm continually looking for doorways, if you will, and how to work with these, you know, these people that are generally very, you know, to be sitting in a room like this for them would be, you know, rather strange. <coughs> but what I'm doing continually is looking for ways to talk about the Dharma without using Dharma language, if you will. So I'm wondering if Sayadaw has any advice. any advice or any experience from, from his work in business that might be of help here. ตัวเปียวเลยตูอันลงเยอะดีอันนี้ตรงเสียชีวิตเลยตัวเอ่อคอมพานีเลยตัวตัวเปียวตัวเอ่อเต็มไปเลยแต่เมื่อตัวรู
your role in the organization. He said that skill is necessary. He said there is another skill which is what we're learning in, in the practice of meditation. It's the skill of making the mind wholesome uh, or growing the wholesome qualities of the mind. And he says, so in simple terms, he's call, calling one Loki wisdom. Loki is worldly wisdom. And the other he's calling Lakutra wisdom, which is Lakutra wisdom, which is super mundane. Super mundane wisdom. He's not talking about enlightenment, mm. but in general, with vipassana, um, from vipassana uh, practice, if there's understanding of the fact that um, you know well, of the understanding of impermanence. Dukkha, um, even anatta, that everything is cause and effect, you know. He says if there's this sort of understanding, then um, the, the skill of understanding how to be um, skillful about relating to the work, of understanding that you can't force things to happen, that conditions must come together in order to for something to happen. This brings many other good qualities of mind, like patience and to have um, the appropriate um, <laughs> loving, loving kindness <laughs> or, yeah, or, or compassion, uh, sympathetic joy or equanimity. At appropriate times, um, there's, less, there's less pride more empathy and sympathy. So all these other good qualities arise if there's understanding of the mind and its nature. So that's the other kind of wisdom. So he says... So what I noticed early, fairly early on was that in being, say, with the head of a large corporation mm. and asking maybe for, say, an hour of their time, if I was just present with them, yeah invariably I would end up getting maybe three hours of their time. Mm. And what that told me is that I could see that they, almost every one of them, had developed a, love, a certain level of presence or awareness about them yeah. that at first startled me because I, I, you know, I just didn't expect to see it. Yeah. But then after a while it began to make sense that in order to run a company of 10 or 20 or 100,000 people, you're you have to develop awareness and continue to develop it. And they're continually inquiring, asking questions. At the same time, it seems that wisdom might arise, and I find that in my own practice, wisdom will arise, and then you say, no, I really don't, I really don't want that. Right? You know, it, you, there's almost like a, almost a, a, a conscious pushing away say something about that process of you know, wisdom arises and you, 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 you don't act on it. And the Vipassana rejects it. You, yeah, you literally reject it or you 
you simply say, well, <coughs> not now. I, I, you know, my, in other words, a desire is taking over <coughs> and is literally countermanding the wisdom itself. Mm. ตัวพี่รอเลยตะดิปิสุบะมาสิกโกทาพี่รอเอซิซิกว่าพี่เนี่ยตัวเนี่ยซะซายเนี่ยต้องไหนแล้วตัวจะก้าวไปอ่ะ
and this was in the middle of the night. Yeah. So I had already been sleeping for a couple hours yeah. and woke up in this way. Um, and so, although there was there was a desire for things not to be this way, yeah. the way that they were, and there was there was understanding that defilement was present, and the desire for comfort and for cessation of these of this set of conditions was so strong that um, I did not call my boyfriend and ask him to drive here and snuggle me, which I thought about. <laughs> However, I did um, take some aspirin. <laughs> understood that it was aversion to the experience, you know, and you're like, so what? <laughs> oh my gosh. But it's kind of, it's confusing now because the result of that, well, I can't know exactly why it is that the headache is gone, but my guess is that part of it has to do with having aspirin. Right, but then also sleeping for seven hours. Um, that it's that it was sort of an action taken from not a skillful place, but it seems to have some beneficial results. Like here I am awake and I'm able to practice today. So it's confusing to me in that way. อืมโหอันยังโหแล้วมันเนี่ยตัวตัวเอ่อเนี่ยนําไหนเราไอ้ตัวโนละเนี่ยโนละเราก้าวเนี่ยตะอ้าไก่เนี่ยแคนเนี
So he says eating is actually medicating the body. You need to eat because that's a wise thing to do. You need to clothe the body, keep warm when it's cold, keep, you know, wear light clothes when it's hot. That's medicating the body as well. So these are wise things to do. There's a reason why you're doing it. And those are very basic wisdoms we have. <laughs> yeah. Can I ask a question about eating? Yeah. About medicating with eating? So, um, similarly, for the last, I don't know how many years I've been a vegetarian, mm -hmm. um, but for the last five months or so, I've been um, treating, treating a kind of parasite in the body. Mm -hmm. And um, it really likes sugar. Mm. And a lot of the sources of vegetarian proteins, like beans, the body processes them as sugar. Mm. So I've been eating meat. Mm. And um, that is also sort of confusing because there's a, there's a prioritizing of my health, mm. you know, over the health of these animals. <laughs> or even the life of them. Mm. And um, it seems... It, it seems kind of stupid. It, it would seem sort of stupid not to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. um, but on the other hand, you know, in order to care for myself in this way, I am participating in this. Were, were, you, were you concerned about the life of the parasites or the meat? <laughs> no, <laughs> the meat. No, the parasites can go. ตัวตัวเลยสาตัวตัวเลยสาเนี่ยบอกเมียบีจําได้ลงกันละงาลาก็สาบรอตัวเพราะสัยกับบาคอลเนี่ยเพราะสัยโอ้ว่าตัวต
If we take the view that because we eat meat, they, the animals get killed, he says then because the, the chain is so quite remote, it, it can veer into like, I don't know, wrong view. Animals die because of their karma. So, I mean, everybody dies because of their karma when their karma is due. And regardless of whether you eat the animal or not, the animal will die at some point. When their karma decides so. The way the Buddha said was um, for, for the monks, he says, when they're offered meat, he says, if you saw that the animal was killed for, you. for your consumption, don't, don't eat it. If you hear that the animal was killed, for your consumption, don't eat it. I mean, for you as in personally, yeah? not, not like the general population at large. If you suspect that the animal was killed for your consumption, don't eat it. That's the Buddha's advice to monks, mm. as far as the chain of causation goes. Yeah. Mm. And then to, of course, not eat anything with greed, greed aversion or delusion. Mm. Mm. So. Yeah, so if there's something in the market and it's already cut up, well, yeah, it's just there for sale. So there was two monks um, having lunch together, probably with other monks, and one of them was vegetarian and one of them was uh, meat, would eat meat. Whatever. Yeah, so he, I mean, or he, he would eat whatever was offered to him, so he didn't make a distinction and he, he, he took, if, if people offered him meat, he, he ate it. And the other one would, would specify that he was vegetarian. And the vegetarian monk was criticizing meat eating and saying that, you know, it's, you know, you're taking the lives of animals and blah, blah, blah. He was saying quite a lot. And the other monk just <laughs> ate his food quietly. He didn't say anything. He just eat. He just eat. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, when the meal was over, he said to the other monk, he said, did it look like I was eating something that was alive? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he says if we're just 
eating mindfully, then the most we know about what we're consuming is the taste, the texture, and so on. We're, we're not eating the concept. The Buddha only said when you eat, you don't have greed, aversion, and delusion. You have awareness and wisdom when eating. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, me. No, I'm tired of It's not that he's saying go, go, go and start eating meat. You know, it's it's <laughs> not <laughs> encouraging me eating. It's just saying it's unnecessary. <laughs> saying don't 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 get all upset about having to eat meat. Yeah. You say my mind is saying. Yeah, when we have the wrong view, then it. He wants to ask all of you. So we've heard that a sotapanna, a stream enterer, right? One degree enlightenment, or 25 degrees. Or <laughs> 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 um, 25% enlightenment. He says, why is it if somebody were to attempt to kill a Sotapanna, he would not try to kill the other person back in defense. Yeah, you know, Putujanas or what ordinary worldlings as we are, he says we, um, if it was required to kill the other person to preserve our own life, we might yeah, kill the other person. Why would a Sotapanna not? Quite happy to leave. Because he has nothing to worry about. He says wherever he goes is not going to be hell. Yeah, but our minds, maybe we think we don't, we won't let ourselves die. We will kill the other person if we must. We might think that. He says, he says, don't give him the answer when you become such a partner, then tell him. <laughs> He'll leave this for you. <laughs> How do you know if you're still sorry, Pana? ไอ้เหรอไอ้เหรอโอ้ยเนาะเฮโลเวียร์เฮียร์เฮียร์เฮียร์เฮียร์เฮียร์เฮียร์เฮียร์เฮียร์เฮียร์เฮียร์เฮ
It's the Vedita bro. It doesn't go. There are six up. qualities of the Dharma. Yes, and one of the qualities is that the Dharma is is um, is something that you can understand by yourself. Of it comes from your own understanding. Mm. Yes. <coughs> So if someone does kill another in self-defense, what, what karma is incurred by that? So you get killed, you, you, you get killed back. Eventually. Eventually. So the skillful act, even if you're not a sotapanna, is not to defend yourself. You can defend yourself. It's not killing. He says the Sotapanna has no desire to kill. Yeah. That's all. He can defend himself, run away. He can run away. <laughs> he believes that a Sotapanna, if he was really like, you know, he had no nowhere to run and he was going to get killed, he would he would accept it. He believes. Yeah. Um. So, a question about um, when you have a moment of wisdom and you, let's say you identify um, a thought that has arisen that's unskillful, greed or, or anger, for example. Is, is that wisdom, does it occur and then the conceptualization or the verbalization understanding happen after that? You know, do you see it? Do you kind of have an intuitive understanding? Could you repeat that? Yeah, let's say you have a... Um, you're watching your experience and, and a thought arises that, that you then identify as being greed or aversion. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Does, does that wisdom about the thought, does that happen preconceptually before the thought arises of, of what it is? Is there kind of an intuitive understanding mm -hmm. and then that's verbalized in the mind? So at some point then, can you, um, can you simply rest <coughs> in the intuitive wisdom without in the intuitive. rest rest your awareness in that intuitive wisdom without having the conceptualization arise? Can you simply rest in the direct experience? <laughs> He says when the mind. He says when you understand something, the mind already conceptualizes it because that's perception and it's always in the mind. Um, but the way people um, 
conceptualize things for themselves is different from person to person. Some people are able to conceptualize and and express verbally insights in great detail and that's because they have the wisdom of understanding how to verbally express something in great detail and precision. Some people don't have that. Because they don't have that, that yeah. That's the difference between a Buddha and a solitary Buddha. The Buddha has the... They, they understand very well, but they cannot talk about this. Yeah, the Buddha has the understanding of how to express his understanding. And a solitary Buddha does, is not able to, to express his understanding to anybody else. Yeah, good. So, then a question about um, Mudita, the Brahma Viharas. With Mudita's sympathetic or empathetic joy, um, your f- the joy is an emotional content, I presume, for that. It's it's an emotion, but it's a skillful emotion. Yeah. And if this, let's say this is a person, you know this person because you're, you know, um, if, let's say you have attachment, can you still feel Mudita, or does, do you have to be completely unattached in order for this to it's possible to be attached and still feel yes, Mudita. Yes, so then, let's say this person, rather than uh, having good fortune, has misfortune, uh, someone you know. Yes, compassion. And so can you also have compassion compassion, and that's skillful. Let's say you feel sadness or you feel um, troubled because they are troubled or they've had this misfortune. Is that... Is that, sorry, could you just finish your question? Yeah, is that... um, is that skillful or is it that kilesa, that sorrow, that being no, sorrow, troubled? Sorrow in divine it's a mixture. Sorrow so, in anger. Yeah. So, Compassion. So, yeah. Sorrow is, dos, is, a, is in the dosa family. Feeling sadness for their plight is a, in the dosa family. And um, compassion, which is karuna, is the desire to help them. That's mm-hmm. in the, the, in the Brahma Viharas, in the Pulsam yeah. family. Yeah, it's mixed. Often we feel a little bit of compassion and a, a whole lot of aversion to their plight. Not not as in we don't we just don't want them to have to suffer, but that's in the family of aversion in of dosa, unfortunately. Yeah. So let's say that we hear about something that happens to someone that we don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say we hear that someone's been tortured, for example, mm-hmm. and we, we have a revulsion against that. Torture. Yeah, and we, have, we feel this revulsion, or this cool. aversion, and um, is that... Yeah, he says that's that's in the dosa family, um, because you don't want that person to you you don't want that sort of suffering. But anytime you're not wanting something to happen, that's that's in the dosa family. Um, He says compassion is very is a very gentle, very uh, skillful and 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 subtle emotion, and it's. 
it's a it's a soft emotion. It's a wholesome one. Whereas compassion, compassion, compassion has acceptance as part of it, but dosa doesn't accept what's happening. Yeah. Mm. Thanks. ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็
uh, he says his brother, I mean, there's a lot of stress at work because, you know, they have to work very uh, fast and all. And then when they come home, he says, um, you know, his, his brother's full of his frustrations and all. He had a son and the, his son was very naughty. So he'd come home sometimes and, you know, the kid would be up to all sorts of nonsense and, and sometimes he'd beat his son. Yeah. And, and so, so one day, he, they came home, he was doing the accounts and, and the kid was acting up and his, his brother got out the cane and, and hit him. And, um, and he saw, he, he saw what happened. He said first he just hit him to keep him quiet, but the, the, the kid started making more noise. <laughs> and, um, and so he hit him again and then he, he saw how it escalated. His, his brother started hitting the child more and more and he could see how, he could see how where where it was coming from he could see the mind at work yes the mind is frustrated it's um, it's so you know it's uh, it's aversive it, it's not taking it and he saw that the mind had gone blind so initially it was just one one quack and now and now you know he was just in full swing sort of thing and he says he didn't feel angry with his brother he, he saw what was happening in the mind. He, he understood the mind that had brought itself into this, into that state. That the frustration and anger that is unresolved had brought the mind into a state of blindness. So it didn't even know what it was doing. And he could see the child's plight and he felt sorry for the child and he wanted to help. So he, and he said it was amazing. He could see in his mind because he was calm and not angry. He could see how his mind started to cook up a plan. Like... How shall I? How shall I stop this? What is the most? You know, what will be the most effective way? And he looked to see uh, what was happening, and then he, you know, recognizing what his, what the mind of his brother was doing and why it had gotten. He he realized, okay, he's blinded now. I have to wake him up. So he went really close to his brother and shouted into his ear, "What mind are you doing this with?" <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> take the mind and you beat him. Yeah. And it becomes statue. His brother meditates too, but at that time the mind was blind. Oh. Yeah. <clears throat> um, in, in your book, um, I read this sentence, and it, it sort of corroborated some other things that I, I think I've heard, and I want to see if my <clears throat> understanding is correct. Um, only when the mind does not perceive experiences as pleasing will it understand the noble truth of dukkha. Mm -hmm. So, do I understand correctly that we should aspire to not have pleasant and unpleasant experiences. Um, um, so if I taste honey, not only should I not have craving for more honey, but I shouldn't even taste the honey as pleasant? Oh, good. Ayungo, 
ကောင်းတာမကောင်းတာမခံစားဖို့ကြိုးစားအောင်မယ်ဥပမာနောက်ပြောကောင်းတာဖြစ်စေတာမကောင်းတာဖြစ်စေတာကိုလည်းပေး
um, how the how the observing mind is working, how awareness is working, and um, so I had an experience. I wanted to check. If I have the right understanding of how, how this is meant and what this process would be. So, okay. ကိုလောပတွေတော်သာတွေမောဟာတွေကိုတိပြီးတော့သူတို့ <laughs> checking attitude. So, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> the other day I was uh, preparing to do walking meditation and as I uh, started I had the experience that, uh, so the most obvious object was the body walking. Mm -hmm. However, uh, it felt that between the awareness and the object was a, almost like a cottony kind of something like that mm -hmm. there wasn't clarity there mm -hmm. and even the very obvious thing of the body walking mm -hmm. didn't feel <coughs> clear mm -hmm. and I've had that experience before and usually think well I'll just see if clarity comes mm -hmm. instead this time I said okay is there something I should check in the observing mind mm -hmm. and recognize that it was a very subtle sense of um, wanting the walking experience to go well and a little worry about the actually the two of them almost together yeah. and so then uh, made that was looking at that as the object mm -hmm. and there wasn't the same cottony yeah. between awareness and that object. <coughs> and then um, continue with that that kind of dissipated and then I felt more present, like I had more clarity of of the walking, as yeah. the example. And I and I saw this sentence, and that. So is that what Saida was saying? Is that is that a sort of um, common cycle, or even a, a a flag that we can use if awareness feel, awareness of objects feels colored? It feels like mm -hmm. can't really get there. Is there because there's something? Else that probably we should turn to first. โอ้มาสวยเนี่ยตัวเซฟรอโหมามาเลเวลชาวอินตะพิเวจีวาเรบ่แต่ไม่ตุกกูตุเมเนเนตุมะเมียนาตะคุคุชินวาเซ็ต
ไอ้สิกูจี้อ่ะนะไอ้เราสิกูจี้ยินจี้ยินแต่ทีวีสิกาไอ้สิกายอว่าเลยไอ้สิกูยอว่าเราสิตัวอะลูลูเนี่ย
something similar where the object is something. It's like very wide. It's it's almost not a thing. Mm-hmm. It's well, wide. I, yeah, mm. Is that is that not an object? Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, JJ is an object. How wide? How wide? <laughs> 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 Let's say we're seeing wide. He says all objects are experiences. All experiences and objects, but the experience may be a concept or it may be reality. Concept objects Conceptual objects are things that are projections of the mind. Mm-hmm. So and then we are knowing the concept that the mind has projected. So like size, place, names, times, um, distance, all that is projections of the mind. Those are concepts. Mm. ก็อะไรตัวอเจยี่หลุดเถอะนะแต่ไม่ตุ๊กตุ๊กอะไรของคอนเซ็ปต์ตัวเต็งตัวเต็งตัวเต็งเออเปลี่ยนทรงด้าน
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.